welcome to the Physician Podcast. I'm your host, founder, and today is our inaugural podcast. Coming to you, listeners, talking about ways to create a success mindset. Just a little bit about myself. I'm from a small town of South Georgia. I've always had the passion and discovered the purpose later to share my life experiences through childhood, through college, and what, what have I experienced in my professional career to help others elevate their success. And so I named the podcast Positioned. Because if you don't know now, you'll learn later in life, you have to be positioned for success. You may ask, what is position? We were often told that if you go to college, you can find a good job. You had the military uh, as an option to reach the level of success that you wanted. And for those that were bold enough, they stepped out on faith and tried their hand in entrepreneurship, starting a business right out of high school. But what I've come to find is that success is driven by you connecting to your purpose. It takes some longer than others to find out what their purpose is. It took me up until I was 33 years of age. I often would find myself involved in some philanthropic effort, whether it was speaking to young people, whether it was presenting at a community-based organization event, presenting at a church, or just having a one-on-one conversation with someone and oftentimes seeing the effect that I had on people or someone coming back telling me, hey, founder, this is what you should be doing. I know you're working over here and you're talented at that, but this is your gift. This is your gift. You belong on stage. You belong on stage. You know, speaking to the masses and knowledge sharing and providing tools and skill sets and sharing concepts that you've learned along the way, man. You can really have an impact on someone's life. And then I thought about it. I said, man, wow, how do I do this? I didn't know how. But I started to invest in myself. I started attending conferences. I started going to free workshops. I started listening to different radio stations from NPR to jazz stations to reading self-improvement books to getting outside the norm of what I would normally do. I started reading the Wall Street Journal, reading the New York Times, just doing something that was totally different than what my narrative was growing up. And what that did for me, it made me become more objective versus subjective. I started seeing things through a different lens. And as I spent that time with myself, I began to see what my purpose was by reflecting back over my life. Often saw myself speaking with someone or a group at different stages in my life. Am I an influencer? Am I a persuasive speaker? Do people connect to me? Do I connect with people? 
And over time, I began to realize that I am a persuasive communicator. I'm able to get others to believe through my passion, my purpose, and my life experiences in the relevance of what I'm sharing with them to their now. So they'll see that what I'm talking about is relevant. And so I found my purpose, you know, at 33 years of age. And I realized that in some shape, form or fashion that I would be speaking to the masses, whether it would be through a TED Talks, uh, whether it would be through on stage as a keynote, a motivational empowerment speaker, or better yet, starting here on this podcast entitled Positioned. You know, major shout out to Anchor for, for hosting such a platform that disseminates out to multiple um, media platforms for listeners to log in and hear what we podcasters are talking about. So I discovered my purpose, man. I realized I was supposed to be on the stage and and I began to to try to find that narrative of, of what type of stage. And so different opportunities came. I've done keynote speeches. I've done commencement speeches. I've hosted workshops and seminars. And the way I learned that was my purpose outside of just me feeling that, getting that feeling and and God kind of giving me confirmation was people gave me confirmation. They affirmed me. Come off the stage and they would say this or they would say that. Um, I saw the way that people responded to me. Students, both young, middle age, and older. And then I saw the request. You know, people recurring. I started doing recurring speaker series at my alma mater, Georgia Southwestern State University. And so you have to believe it. When God puts it before you and you see people affirming you, you have to believe that. Maybe from the onset, you may not know that's your purpose, but you know it's something in that realm that you should be doing. So I discovered that was my purpose. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with my purpose now? If this is my purpose, how do I get on stage? How do I monetize this? And I looked out into the marketplace and I looked at different businesses, different corporations and different products and different services. And I realized that they were branded. They were branded. And so in order to brand myself, not only did I spend time with God and spend time with myself, I started reading, you know, a book called The 21 Infutable Laws of Marketing and Branding. And just started breaking down, you know, what that meant and how you build your brand and what you want your brand to represent and how to streamline and understand what's your value proposition and that's what you should market and promote. This is what you do. And I developed an acronym for brand and the B is for your business. The B is for you a business first. Once you understand that you're a business, you understand that your business has the ability to draw value and make profit through that product or service that you're either selling or partnering with 
or leasing out of services. And so the B is for your business first. The R is for you should always remain relevant. The moment you lose your relevance, the moment you see your market share begin to decrease, which can impact your bottom line, whether that bottom line is monetary, whether that bottom line is the influence, uh, whether that bottom line is visibility, you must always remain relevant. So that means you got to study the marketplace and see what's changing, what's causing the changes and um, what's happening with the economy, what's happening over in um, international waters and foreign relations. And, and so there's so many different factors that can that can affect your relevance. And so you have to do your due diligence and do your research. The A is for you should be an asset and not a liability. Assets equate value. Liabilities take away. So you should be an asset and not a liability. And the N is for your network. Your network, of course, you've heard so many times before, your network equals your net worth. That is true if you work that network. Oftentimes we, we build a circle and we don't follow up and we don't we don't think in terms of how we can partner with this particular person because that may be out of your comfort zone, but you have to work that network in order for it to equate to your net worth and scaling you to where you potentially could be. And the D is for development, continuous development. You're never your best self. You're always developing. So just to recall, the B is for your business. The R is for you should always remain relevant. The A is for you should be an asset and not a liability. The N is for your network, your circle of influences, those that sharpen your iron, sharpens iron. And then the D is for development, continuous development. And that's my own definition of brand. And it has helped me to refine myself as a product rendering a service. Help me to become more marketable with that thought process in mind. It keeps me sharp. It keeps me sharp. It, it, it reminds me I have to stay on top of things and understand so many different sectors if I want to reach that level of success as we're talking about positioning myself for success. You know, and all of that in turns increases my value proposition branding marketing it drives my value proposition and you say what is value proposition when the things that you do for an organization or entity impacts the bottom line you have value proposition the decisions you make the problems you solve, the innovative risks that you take, you have value proposition. That's what leaders are supposed to do. And only to plant the vision or write the vision, but they are problem solvers, they are decision makers, and they're innovative risk takers. 
that's how you position yourself for success. So finding your lane is so important. I, I can't stress that enough how important it is to figure out what your purpose is because your purpose is going to be that foundation for you. You know, and remember that God gives you that. God gives you that. And speaking of God, let me just read a scripture to you real fast. It, it, it really, it really, it's a tell, tell all. And this comes from Ecclesiastes 11, chapter 11, verse 6. It says, sow your seed in the morning. And at evening, let not your hands be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, whether both will do equally well. Light is sweet and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. However many years a man may live, let him enjoy them all. So God meant for us to enjoy this time. He meant for us to live an abundant life. But we have to search the scriptures. We have to, to dig in and, 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 and seek so that we'll find understanding so that we can live an abundant life. It says, let not your hands be idle. What does that mean? That means you got to get out there and work. It may not mean physical physical work. It may mean mental. You may have to get into, you know, reading, research, digging in and networking, getting out of your comfort zone. Let not your hands be idle because you need to know which one will succeed. You may have four or five things going on. My thought process tells me that means multiple streams of income. So you got multiple irons in the fire. You don't know which one will succeed. But if it's purposeful, you feel like it's something that you have the gift of doing or something that God gave you and you stay the course eventually you're going to be successful <laughs> that makes me think you know coming out of high school what were we told was success how do we how did we view success coming out of high school you know when you were young you dream you dream of being a I know for me, and it sounds cliche, is I dreamed of being a professional basketball player. You know, coming from a rural town, a working man's town, you know, parents went to work, they provided food on the table, shelter roof over your head, lights. You went to school. You performed well academically so you can go to college and have a better opportunity than mom and dad. That was the narrative that I was given. You respect your elders. What we call, you get your books. You perform well academically, in other words. You stay out of trouble. You don't get involved in drugs, alcohol. You don't make poor decisions, at least those decisions that were, um, that are not permanent. And then you go to college you have a better life or you go to the military and you have a better life and then for those that decide to start their own business they have financial independence there was a lot that was left out of that plan now that I'm 48 years of age you didn't understand that different colleges have different value propositions Different colleges have different profiles. So there is a hierarchy in the marketplace as it relates to higher education. 
one college may be considered uh, more highly selective than the other, which increases your value proposition as you graduate from that institution. No one tells you that. So you're competing coming out of college. You know, it, it, it's almost as if our parents and our teachers, for lack of better words, they assumed that we knew that. We didn't know that, particularly as an African-American or as a, as a black male. Um, you're thinking, OK, I'm going to college. Now, a lot of us, we, we sought to go to the larger institutions. I know I applied to the larger institutions because my dream, as I mentioned, was to play professional basketball. So I applied to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I applied to Florida State. And I can't remember what other schools, but I remember receiving notification from both institutions that my test scores did not meet the academic profile of the admissions requirements. And so I would need to retest and, and resubmit my scores. And at that time, I was like, okay, well, what is the required score? And I realized the score being so much higher than what I had scored on the SAT at the time. And so I retook the test, but I never equated to a score to attend such a flagship institution like University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, or Florida State University. So you went off to college. I went to a small state university here in Georgia. Uh, some of my friends, they went to HBCUs. Others went to even regional colleges or universities. Some went to private. Some went to flagship universities. And so never understood it. But I noticed the difference in that what my, my white friends were doing, they were choosing the larger, what it, let me just say, they were choosing between three sectors. They were choosing the, the small liberal arts colleges. They was choosing the regional or what we refer to as comprehensive colleges and universities or the flagship. Had no idea that that equated to more value in the marketplace once you graduated. Now I know better. These are the things that we're not told. The information is readily accessible now because of smart devices and students having access to this information. And even colleges being even more forthcoming with, you know, their uh, rankings through U.S. News and World Report. But these are just things we didn't know. And then the ability to pay for college. Um, my counterparts, their parents were in a better position, or should I say their parents made the more important decision to save for their child's college education versus me having to go and get student loans and different things like that. And I say all that to say that that can, not that it can, it will impact your ability to be successful. And success is defined differently by most of us. All of us do not have the same definition of success. But the reason it hampers that ability because if you're taking out student loans, you're coming out of college with debt over your head. So your first career job and you're making mid-30s, 40s, now you have to pay student loans as well as pay for your cost of living. Other students whose parents were able to save enough, they made enough, they were able to pay for their kids' college so they came out with a clean slate. And they went to an institution that had a higher profile 
So they made more coming out and they didn't have debt. So that's how they got ahead of us. So in terms of going to college, that in a nutshell just kind of shows you how you can be behind the eight ball. And then even uh, for those that chose the military, military, um, as much as I can remember and as much as I can remember with my father is that the military or the armed services was a pathway for many that did not want to go to college. It wasn't seen as a pathway to success. Now, many, when they got in the military, they created a pathway for success and did well. But that was not the initial thought process. We're like, okay, I've had enough of school after 18 years of high school, 18 years of of secondary schools. Uh, I'm not trying to go back to school. I'm going in the military. I go in here and I travel, I do this and I'll get training and hopefully equates to uh, transferable skill to the workplace when I come out and I get a job. Several of my friends went in, they've done 20 plus years and they've done well. But once again, knowing the steps, the pathway to take prior to going into the military, prior to going into college, it will give you such a head start. It positions you for success. So if you know, if you take this MOS in the military, you know it prepares you for this type of job and that's that's a transferable skill out into the workforce when you retire. It can be a federal job, a civilian job, or whatever the case may be. You know, you need to rank and do these different things, take this different test. You know, of course, staying out of trouble, of course, doing well. Some of the same attributes um, apply that are uh, in the military to do someone in the real world. But there's still an order of steps that you need to take to be successful. Ranking the type of job. Your performance um, when you're taking those training and you're taking those classes in the military. Networking, knowing who to be around, knowing which ranking officers can do this, can, can help you along the way. It positions you for success. Oh boy, if I could only go back. If I could go back, I would be better positioned. I'd be much further ahead, but I'm not complaining. I just want to, I just want to help someone else now. That's my whole goal behind this podcast is to help others as they position themselves for whatever it is they choose to do in life. And finally, for the, uh, those that were brave enough to launch their own business or, or try their hand at entrepreneurship coming out of high school. There weren't many coming from my high school being a small town in rural South Georgia because you aren't really exposed to um, high level business organizations or, or you weren't even really exposed to a number of entrepreneurs so that you can get that experience or either get that exposure or they get that desire down in, in you to want to become an entrepreneur and not knowing the benefits of an entrepreneur. Now, it's hard work. We've learned that. I've learned it personally. It's hard work. But the spoils and the benefits of creating your own. 
having your own time you you know yes right off you may be committed to a lot of time into the business but once you get that business up and running and you've done all the necessary things taken all the necessary steps you put the right people in place the right parameters in place my hope is that you would be in a position where you would have more of your time because for most that become entrepreneurs that's that's a big part of it not only the the financial independence or uh, revenue generation um, it's more about quality of life quality of life you know and controlling your own narrative you're not dependent upon an organization or the um, or the banks so to speak although you are tied into the banks but once you're generating a certain amount of money you can put so much money back but when you're working for someone else you know your checks are limited based on the amount of money you make and that could be limited for a number of years because raises don't happen each year and some companies don't pay bonus so you have a certain level of flexibility when you're your own business owner you can save money at a higher level if you're generating at that level you can invest at a higher level and you can pay yourself and control your time. But I don't want you to miss this point that either of the three, there's a pathway to being successful that is so vitally important if we know before going in. It's like we're talking about being an entrepreneur, being a, a business owner. Oh man, some of the simplest things, you know, business, I mean, establishing a good credit line, business credit. You know, having a good reputation, a good name that ties in with your credit. Having capital. So yeah, your credit has to be at a, a reputable score to be able to borrow money. That's what you have to do if you have to borrow money. Or, you know, or having access to capital where you have a silent partner, or a business partner, or an investor. Um, you know, credit and capital. Those, those are two major things in starting a business. And so oftentimes we see that our Black-owned businesses struggle because they're missing at least one of the two and sometimes both. Not having the credit to get access to the capital and then just not having the capital at all makes it tough for you to survive in this business world, in this capitalistic society. It makes it really tough. Man, I'm your boy Founder, man. And we're here with the Position Podcast. And this is my inaugural um, airing. And I'm just excited and looking forward to continue to bring you all topics that will hopefully impact what you're doing and and drive you to step out on faith and go after your passion and your purpose. You know, just remember that you have to position yourself for success. Whatever you set your goals and your sights on, you have to position yourself. Sometimes that means going back and getting retooled, retrained, uh, networking, getting around the right people, positioning yourself with the right people. It may mean you need to go back and pay off some old debts to get your credit right. You know, you may even have to consider partnering with someone going into business. You know, going to school or going to college, you may have to seek out resources such as mentoring, tutoring, these different things. 
If it was easy, anyone would do it. It's not easy. So college is not easy. The military service is not easy. And being an entrepreneur is not easy. There's steps within all of them that positions you for success. You want that because all in all, when it's all said and done, you're looking for a return on investment. The time you put in, the time, the energy, the money you put in, you want a return on it. You want a return on it. And so you want to make sure you put your time, energy, money into the right thing. That's why I mentioned finding your purpose right off. That's the right thing. Oftentimes we hear about businesses failed and and this business did not survive. Oftentimes because that that was not your forte. That was not your purpose. Yes, it may have been a gap in the marketplace. It may have been in demand, but it may not be in demand for you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and let God speak to you. Let him speak to you because I'm telling you, it saves you a lot of time. You know, I know we got some serial entrepreneurs out there who are in multiple um, businesses. And guess what? That's their purpose. They're built for that. What they built for, you can't do. What I'm built for, you can't do. And what you're built for, I can't do. So find your purpose and it'll make life a whole lot easier. A whole lot easier. You won't have to worry about starting all over again. Once you get on the right trajectory, you may just have to restructure. You may have to streamline. You may take some things away, add to it, but you won't have to do a demolition and have to start rebuilding all over again when you're purposefully purposefully aligned. Yeah. My three core values are begin, grow, excel. So as you're positioning yourself for success, it's just like planting a seed. You got to begin. You till the soil. You get all the weeds out. You till the soil. You get it ready for planting. And you plant the seed. And then you water the seed. And you keep the weeds and everything out. That's the beginning process. The growth happens when you begin to, to nurture that. You water the seed. You fertilize the seed. You fertilize the seed. You keep the weeds and everything from around it. You keep all the bad stock from around it. You give it the right set of sunlight. Sometimes you have to pesticide to keep away the bugs. That's the growth part of it. And then you excel. Acceleration. Getting to the highest point. You continue that same process, you just scale it up. You scale it up because guess what? The bigger you get, the more it takes. To whom much is given, much is required. To whom much is given, much is required. So as you scale up, it takes a little bit more. That more may not be from you, it may be from you adding to your team. Maybe from you adding to your efforts um, or your investment into the in the business, but just know with growth and, and success, 
Much is required. Much is required. Once again, it's Position Podcast. I am your host, founder, and this is our first episode on the Anchor platform, and we look forward to bringing you many more. I have some branded concepts that I'm going to bring to you. And I share one today, brand, the acronym brand and what it means. And, um, and for those that are just now checking in, brand, you often refer to what you wear, what you see, where you go and eat, what you visit, where you travel to. You go there because it's been branded. If you travel to Hawaii, you know, for those that have never gone, you know, you, you hear about people talking about it, the beautiful waters, the beautiful the sand, and, and if you buy this type of clothing, you hear about this quality, this, this, that, and the other. That's the branding piece of it. So I've talked about brand. How do you brand yourself? You know, presentation, communication, the impact you have on others, the consistency, the follow-up, the things you post on your social media. But I composed a an acronym of the word brand to to make you reflect. And here it is the last time. So the B is for you a business. The R is for you should always remain relevant. The A is you should be an asset and not a liability. The N is for your network. Your network equals your net worth if you work the network and you have the right network around you and the D is for development continuous development I promise you if you focus on those five factors you begin to build your brand you think that your business you understand need to be relevant asset your network development and you become your own household brand I want to thank the listeners for uh, tuning in today And I look forward to bringing you all weekly commentary on topics that drive economic mobility and hopefully skills you to a level of success so that you can impact the world that you're in. Remember, you have to position yourself for success and it all starts with being on purpose. Your purpose leads to your passion and your passion and purpose lead to the pay that you want in life. I'm your boy, Founder. I'll see you next week. You all be blessed.